So here's the, here's the chapter we're going to be looking at, Luke chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 11. If you have our app, uh, all of the notes are always on the app. You can just pull that up and follow through. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay, how many of you guys know that? You know, let's, let's all say that together, ready? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, now listen, I'm going to tell you this. So a lot of you guys have been in church and you're like, I know this, Dave. Okay, but I'm going to tell you this. If you grasp that God, when you pray, he is your father in heaven. Hallowed be his name. If you grasp that, you will trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then you're going to know him. So I'm guessing, I just want to tell you right now, if you're struggling today to trust him, and if God feels really far away from you, I guarantee you, as we just go through these two words, our Father in heaven, because you, here's my phrase for today, you can trust a holy Father. You can trust a holy Father. And so if you're not trusting him, then somehow there's one of these things that you're not believing about God. And that's why Jesus said, when they said, come on, come on, think about this, he knows everything. And they go to him and they say, teach us to pray, Jesus. He goes, say this, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Now, can I just say, I want to say this real quick before I dive into the scripture. Because we know we have a lot of us, and we're all over the map in our spirituality. I also want to say this. If God seems super far away from you, or confusing to you, or you're trying to get to know him, or whatever. The Bible actually says this. God loves who? Okay. You all should know the answer to that. He loves everybody. But he says this, you don't become my child. You don't become my child until you get reconciled to me. Until my spirit actually comes and joins your spirit. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, anyone who believes in Jesus and anyone who receives Christ, when you put your faith in Jesus and receive him, the Bible tells us that then... Your sins are completely forgiven, and you are reconciled back to God, and it says, and you become born of God, and his spirit literally goes inside of you, and you become his child, and that's why Jesus said this, you can't enter into my kingdom, you can't have this intimacy with me until you're born again. So I just want to tell you, if, if you haven't, if you're here today and you haven't made that decision, if you haven't come to the place where you can actually put your faith in Jesus and you're feeling far away from God, I actually want to go, that's great news. <laughs> because the good news is there's a step you're going to be able to take where you put your faith in Christ and you get reconciled back to God and his spirit. And then this knowing, this intimacy, this relationship can actually happen. 
And the reason I want to say that is because it was his disciples who were actually asking Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says to his disciples, to those who are following him, call him your dad. Okay? Call him your dad. All right, so here we go. God is our father. Now, here's what I know. As soon as I said that, some of you were like, oh, you're kidding me. Seriously? Seriously. God's like my dad? And, 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 and there's giggles, but some of you aren't giggling because you know that nothing could be more discouraging to you because your dad was actually super distant to you. He showed no interest in your life or maybe all the way to where he was abusive. And I'm telling you, it's hard. It's hard when you hear Jesus say, pray to your father, and you go, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Now, when I said, God is our father, some of you were like, really? How cool, how cool would that be? That God would actually really love me like that. I'll be, can I be totally honest with you? The thing that changed in my life is when I felt like God, the Spirit said to me, hey, David, you know what? God actually loves you like your mom. And I'm like, whoa. And now it's getting good. And Because and, I remember, man, and this was when I was like still single and I didn't think that I was ever going to get married. Anybody ever been there? And you get fearful and you're like, I don't think God cares about me. And then he's like, hey, but he loves you like your mom. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Because I know my mom would only give me the best thing, man, because she thinks I rock. <laughs> Even as I said that, how many of you, when you think of God, you go, he thinks I rock. I, somebody posted this on Facebook. I thought this was so good this week. It said, religion says, I messed up. My dad's going to kill me. <laughs> the gospel says, I messed up. I need to call my dad. Amen. That right there. I can tell you right now, how you respond when you mess up, if you feel like God's going to kill me, you don't know God. If when you mess up, you go, I need to go to God. You finally understand that he is your father. And that's why Jesus says, when you pray, say what? Our father in Heaven. How many of you want to go to heaven? Okay. Why, why, why do you want to go to heaven? Because you're hoping it's better than this, right? Like you are believing that heaven is this perfect place. Well, our Father who are in heaven. So when you hear Jesus say, when you pray, if you're still a guy who's, or a gal who says, God and Lord, and, and he is God and Lord. But if you can't say Father, I want to encourage you. Just remember, it's not your earthly dad. It's not. It's the Father in heaven. And you want to go to heaven because you know it's going to be good there and because you know your Father in heaven is going to be that. So let me, let me just share really quick two things that are so cool about our Father, what we can know about him. The first one is this. Our Father in heaven is love. He is love. 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. I've always loved that verse, when that, that, that verb lavished. Come on, man. When you pray, do you feel like that? 
That's what Jesus is saying. You need to know your Father in heaven, he lavishes love on you. The next verse says, and so what, if that's true then, so we know and rely on the love that God has for us because God is love. He is. This is one of the things you must believe when you go to prayer, is that your Father loves you. And you know what? I'm a father. I'm a dad. And there's my daughters right here. Like, to think about this, the amount of love I feel for Mariah and Ashlyn and Caleb is crazy. Now, I didn't have kids till I was in my mid-30s, okay? But I had nieces and nephews. I had lots of them. And I remember thinking, and I, remember thinking, I don't know if I'm going to like kids. <laughs> Especially when they're really little and they crap in their diaper. Because I'm telling you, I, I was a great uncle. I would play with them, play with them, play with them. And I'm like, okay. And then I couldn't even fathom changing one of their diapers. And you have your own kid. And you're like, wipe it right up. How does that happen? I'm telling you, I, there's some great kids in the world. But how I feel towards my own is completely different. And every one of you who are parents know it. It's weird how much you love them. Do you believe that about God? Do you know he lavishes love on you? He, teach me to pray, Jesus. You're praying to your father, and he loves you. The second thing about our father is that he's good. This father is actually good. Later in the chapter, in 11, uh, verse 11, he says this, which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If he asked for an egg, you're gonna give him a scorpion. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit here in Luke and in Matthew, in another place where Jesus is teaching this, he says, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him? I, you know, it was so funny. My dad was a teacher, phys ed teacher. My mom gave piano lessons. We didn't have very much money at all. I, I kind of grew up where we had everything we needed, but I never got anything I wanted. <laughs> In fact, sometimes when it was my birthday or Christmas, I made it super clear. How, how many of you old farts like me? Do you remember the J.C. Penny catalog? Yeah, and, right, and you'd, you'd cut out the picture and you'd put it on the paper and make sure they knew this is what I want. I never got what I wanted, ever. I need to ask my dad why, why he, why, what was that? Was he toughening me up? I don't know. But you know what I did with my kids? I love to give them what they want. I just do. And partly it's because I want them to know I see you. I know you. I hear you. And I want to give you a good gift. Now, the, and, and now, the, <laughs> ask Mariah. Sometimes they want stuff, and I ain't giving it to them. Because it's not actually good, even if they want it. You know the greatest gift my dad did give me? The greatest gift my dad did give me was the gift of work. And I hated it every day. I, I'm trying to remember with my son Caleb when he gets all pissy when I tell him to do something. It's like, okay, that was me. 
never wanted to work. But that was the greatest gift my dad gave me. Here's everything you need to know about God. He is your good father. And sometimes his gifts you don't actually want. But they're what's good for you. He can only give you good gifts. And I want to tell you, this is one place where the enemy lies to us so much, you guys. Because if we trust God, we'll follow him. And if we know he loves us and we know that he's good to us, you know what? There's a good shot. When he asks you to do something, you're going to trust him. And so the enemy, Jesus said, you have an enemy who lies to you every single day. When he lies, he speaks his native language. He does not want you to know God. He doesn't want you to trust him. He doesn't want you to experience him. He wants you to go to church, learn things, and then be scared out of your bejeebies to do what he actually says because you don't know that he actually is good. And here's what I know, man. You don't actually experience his goodness until you do it. But here's, here, here's what, let me just close up this section with this. In the Old Testament, when David became king, we just taught all about him. We taught about festivals. We taught a lot this, this year about Old Testament stuff. When David came to be king, one of the first things he did is he said, we got to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, which was the presence of God. He goes, under Saul's reign, we didn't, we didn't even ask of this. We didn't inquire of God's presence. We're bringing him in and we're setting him right in the center. And it says there were just tons of musicians and trumpets and cymbals and harps and ever, all of Israel was there and they were going to praise God. And then God's presence filled the temple and they broke out in song. And you know what the song is? This so shocked me because I'm expecting this song. You know what the song was? The Lord is good and his love endures forever. Period. The Lord is good, and his love endures forever. I'm reading Psalms right now for my own personal time. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. So can I just tell you this? If you're a Christian here and you're going, seriously, are we learning this again? Wake up! King David, who is the man after God's own heart, over and over and over and over again said, the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. If you stop believing that, you won't trust him. So when we pray, Jesus said, you are praying to your Father in heaven who's holy and you can trust a holy Father. So I, I'm going to break this up a little bit today. And I've asked Will Green to come up here with me and join me. And I just felt like, you know, we're going to just do what the Psalms say to do. And so uh, we're going to just worship right in the middle of my message. Is that cool? All right. Because you have a holy father who's good and you can trust him. So would you guys stand? Let's just stand together. And we kind of chose this song because this is a song that's pretty popular around here. I want you to just get lost in your heart. The, the Psalms say it all the time. Come on, wake my soul. Awake. Are you struggling to trust him today? Did you walk in here and you don't know that God loves you? You're questioning whether he's actually good because of what's going on in your life. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And what we're going to sing is true. And when you worship, you can take the truth and somehow it gets to your heart. And the psalmist say over and over, praise God. He's good and his love endures forever.
So let's sing it. Sing it loud. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. Why? You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And I've seen many searching for answers far and wide. But I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide as you know just what we need before we say a word because you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am it's who I am. This is important. Because you're perfect in all of your ways. Yes, you're perfect in all of your ways. Yes, you're perfect in all of your ways to us. Doesn't matter what you think or feel, man. This is true. Sing it. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Because you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am, it's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh God, we worship you this morning. And Jesus, we thank you for revealing to us that we can have an intimate relationship with God. And when we approach him, he's our father in heaven. Hallowed be his name. God, help any one of us in here who are struggling to believe that you love us or that you're good to us because you just are. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Go ahead and have a seat. He keeps going. You guys ready?
There's more goodness, man. Here, here he comes. He says, our Father who in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, hallowed's a very interesting word. Here's all it means, holy, okay? It's just the word for holy. So holy is your name. Now, this is important because what Jesus said was, this is eternal life that you know the one true God. The one true God. And that's what holy means, you guys. Holy means there's no one else like him. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. That means he is all-powerful, all-knowing. He is everywhere. There is no other God on the planet or in the atmosphere or beyond. There's no other God. He is holy. The word means to cut. It means he is separate and different than any of us. Now, there's two things over and over. There's a lot about his holiness, but there's two things in the Psalms, again, as I'm reading this, they just keep saying them over and over again about his holiness that you must and I must understand and grasp if we're gonna pray, if we're gonna trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Here's the first one. Our Father is righteous. Our Father is righteous. Isaiah 5.16 says, the Lord Almighty will be exalted by his justice. The holiness of God will be displayed by his righteousness. The way we know that God is worth going to and that we can trust him is that he is righteous. That word means it is as it ought to be. It means where everything is right. In 1 John chapter 1, it says that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. That's good news. Because <laughs> if there was a little bit of darkness, you couldn't totally trust him. But he's holy, all righteous, every bit of him. And so because of that, we can put our trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How can I trust him? Because he's your father in heaven and holy is his name. And I want to tell you, man, this is, uh, for me, this, this one, I just, uh, you, I wish you'd just come and live with me. No, that wouldn't, that'd be weird. <laughs> but I, I wish you could, um, have been with me, just, just this wrestle with God and, and prayer. And Garrett Hoover earlier this year got us into this fasting and prayer at the beginning of the year. I've just been diving into prayer more than ever for me, even as your pastor. Like, really, because the prayer like, is like an ocean. It is so deep. There's so much to it. It's super mysterious. We don't get the ocean. I don't think we really get prayer. But I can tell you this, one of the things that I've been wrestling with and fighting to believe is God can't do anything wrong. Do you guys believe that? Okay. I know that. But I know I don't often believe it. You know why I know I don't believe it? Because I freak out. How many of you freak out? Okay, see? See, but if you know that your Father in heaven loves you and that everything he gives you is good and he can't do anything wrong, 
So in my prayer time, sometime when I wake up and I'm like, oh, I wake up at two in the morning and three in the morning and four in the morning, I have to sit down and one of the first things I have to do is just remind myself, God, you are holy. I think this is why David, we just went through his life. You guys saw this, man. He went through so many difficult things, so many challenges, people constantly against him. Is that maybe why he had to write Psalm after Psalm after Psalm after Psalm and go, God, you are holy. You are righteous. You can't do anything wrong and you love me and you're for me. I'm telling you, the enemy, again, lies to you and me all the time about this. This was the lie to Eve in the very beginning to get her to sin. What? That guy has your best interest in mind? No way, man. He's holding stuff from you. You go make it happen. Come on. How many of us are making stuff happen because we don't actually believe that God has our best interest in mind and that he can't do anything wrong? And then stuff happens all around us, and then we get to, what do we do? The enemy sneaks in. See? See? He doesn't really love you. See what's happening? He doesn't have your best. That is wrong. And here's what ticks me off is he's the one who's producing all the wrong crap. He's the evil one. He's the wicked one. He's the one messing with people's minds and bringing all the injustice in the world that everybody's crying out about and all the judgment that's happening and all the evil and the wicked and the abuse. And then what do we do? God. Right? God. And I tell you, man, God is Righteous. He is holy. He is the only one. And Jesus says, when you get on your knees to pray, you gotta remember this. Because if you think he can be wrong, and if he's wrong in any way, you won't trust him. And if you won't trust him, you won't follow him. And if you won't follow him, you won't experience him. And then you'll go to church, and you'll walk out and go, this is just a pile of whatever. But if, I tell you, man, when you believe he's righteous, and you hold on to him, things can happen. So here's the last one. He's righteous. You can trust a holy father. But here's the other thing that the Bible talks about all the time when he talks about God being holy. I don't have the scripture up for you because I just read it recently in, in my Psalms readings. It's Psalm 99, verse 1. It says, the Lord reigns. Yeah. The Lord reigns. We sing this here a lot. The Lord reigns. What's that mean? He rules, man, over everything. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. He is holy. Come on, man. Jesus Christ rose from the dead defeated sin, defeated death, defeated the greatest enemy that you and I face. Sin is our greatest enemy because it makes us not follow God. And Jesus followed him every time he defeated it. And so when he died, death could not hold him down. I love that verse. Couldn't hold him down. Why? Because he's holy. And he rises up and he goes, you are defeated. Yeah, we've got three people excited about that. That's exciting. <laughs> you know why? Yeah, I'm serious, because I don't think we actually believe he's almighty. No, 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 my boss is. Because <laughs> he could fire me. 
and then I'll lose my job and then I lose my status and I get full of shame and then I lose my resources and I can't pay my bills and we freak out. Cancer is. Cancer. Oh, maybe. Don't get me started on cancer. I hate that. It is the physical demonstration of evil. Because all it does is take, 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 take. Every cell in your body is taking and giving, receiving and giving. And cancer takes, 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 takes till it, you die. And you get cancer and you go, it's the most powerful thing. Jesus is like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I am the almighty God. When you go to pray, what do you really, you can, you're, we're going to sing it here in just a second. You're going to sing it. Great is the Lord. Really? Really? Yeah, really. And here's Jesus just telling us, can I tell you something? Your father in heaven is holy and he is righteous and he is powerful and he's good and he loves you. And I don't care what's going on around you because Jesus also said, because in this world, it's, it's going to stink. It's gonna, you're going to have trouble in this world. You're going to suffer in this world. You're going to get sick in this world. You're going to die. Y'all know you're going to die. You're going to die in this world. And there's one who defeated death. Even that sting. You die from cancer, you go home. Praise the Lord. You die from cancer, you go home. My mom's home. I hated the journey, but she's home. Now, okay, so... What do we do? What do we do? Okay, I'm going to go pray. And when I pray, I'm going to believe that he's my father who loves me and is good to me. And he's in heaven. He's in heaven. Hallelujah. Be his name. He's matchless. He can't do anything wrong. I can trust him. I can trust him. I can trust him. And he's over everything. So just real quick, you know what Jesus said to do? He gives this great story. And he says, this guy, he ends up, um, a visitor comes. And in, in that culture, if a visitor came and it was really late at night, and when someone came as a, as a visitor, you had to actually give them something. <laughs> you, hospitality was, you have to. This guy comes to him at midnight and there's, he doesn't have any food. So what does he do? He goes over to this dude's house and he starts banging on his door at midnight. Now, the other big thing is in that culture, they didn't have, no, not a, nobody had their separate bedrooms like we have today. Everybody just slept out there together. So if you're banging on the door at midnight, you're like, dude, you're waking everybody up. And so Jesus says this amazing thing. Suppose the one inside says, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. See, we're, in the, we're doing this together. I can't get up and give you anything. Listen to this. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship. This is so interesting. Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. What in the world? I remember Susan and I were newly married in our new home watching U571. Anybody remember that movie? Okay, anyway, it was a, it was a, <laughs> you might go home, I don't remember it, so don't, like, I don't remember if it was, every time I say to watch a movie, there's bad stuff in it, and then I get in trouble. Um, 
but U-571 was a submarine movie. And at the end of the movie, it's flooding and it's cracking and the water's rising up and it's this big dramatic scene. And the movie gets done and we shut off the TV. I walk into our dining room and water is flooding from our ceiling. <laughs> and, and, and it literally, it's like one, one, two in the morning. We sit up really late, we're watching this movie. And I'm like, what do I do? That's the story. And I remember Dan Ross. Dan stood up in my wedding. There's two things I knew about Dan. Number one, he builds homes. He can help me. Dan has the ability. He knows what to do. I don't know, you guys. I don't know how to do anything. It's really shameful. I don't know anything. I am not handy guy at all. So I'm in need. Dan knows what to do. And here's the other thing I knew about Dan. That dude loves me. He's the one guy I could call at one in the morning who actually could help me and I believed would help me, help me. I had the shameless audacity. Ring, <laughs> ring at one in the morning to wake up my what? My friend. Jesus is saying to you, when will you believe? that God is your father. And because he's holy, because he's the only righteous one, and because he's almighty, he is the one, the only one who can actually help you. When are you gonna believe that? And secondly, when are you gonna believe? He's the one who will. And when you believe that he is your father in heaven, who loves you and it only gives good things instead of he's going to kill me he's the one that you call oh prayer God's up there going and then Jesus is the, and this is when he says so ask and you'll receive knock and the door will be opened seek and you will find. So the band's gonna come up, and now we're gonna worship. You guys, this is so important today. This is so important today. This moment right here gives you the chance. Okay, here's what worship is. These words we're gonna sing are true, but God has made us this intellectual being, so you're gonna, when you're gonna see these words and you're gonna think them, but he's also made you an emotional being. And somehow when what we think is matching with our heart, it's, there's a strength there. That's why there's 150 Psalms in the Bible to teach us how to praise him and worship him and pray to him, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So, let, so let's do this. Let's just say to God, your father right now, whatever, whatever we sing, all these words, but sing them from your heart to him. Let him know. And then he says, I inhabit your praise. This is a shared moment waiting for you. Isn't that cool? You actually, you actually have a chance in the next 10 to 15 minutes if you will sing from your heart and not just, if you will sing from your heart to God. He will inhabit that and you'll experience him and he can strengthen you 
right now. All right? So let's stand together and let's worship our Father who art in heaven.